Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Self Deaf Sundays, the podcast. Do 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 do. really clear that some of the learnings from this book has really helped bring so it gives you like a high level summary of everything that this guy had figured out the power of this subconscious mind and suggestions to have two amazing ladies on the podcast today who I've had the pr- pleasure of working with for the last nearly two years now um, and wow. they are Femme and Erica yay welcome to the podcast ladies thank, thank you for you. having us yay so I was just telling um, the ladies beforehand like I know this is going to be literally a conversation because every time we speak we just talk about all the random things but I've brought these two ladies on the podcast today to actually talk about a personal project that we have been working on in our organization um, which is called I'm Remarkable which is Google based and it all started out of a passion. Um, I remember Fem reached out to me end of 2019 about it um, and then we've been on a bit of a journey and that's exactly what I wanted to capture on this podcast today because I do know there are other people who want to implement this um, initiative within their own organizations kind of like a grassroots movement so I thought it'd be a really good idea to have them on and also kind of share their own personal experience of everything we've done um, and also some of our learnings right so welcome again to the podcast um, my lovely so I'll just get started off maybe by uh, allowing you both to introduce yourself maybe what you do um, and then we'll you know jump straight into the podcast so let's start off with Femme. Right, so yeah, um, I'm Fem. I've been at Salesforce for two and a half years and worked with you that whole time, Lamika, right? We have, um, yeah. And um, what I do at Salesforce is basically help our customers transform um, so they can leverage our technology really well and it achieves their business objectives. Nice, yeah. So that's your, that's your day job, right? And we'll jump into the unremarkable things um, in a bit. But maybe, yeah, Erica, maybe you could do a quick high-level overview as well, what you do who you are absolutely <laughs> it's so bizarre I feel like I want to be introduced myself like I'm on stage like hi everyone I'm Erica I have been with Salesforce since 2018 um, and I sit in our recruiting team and I'm one of the headhunters uh, and one of my big focuses is looking at equality and how do we make our community at Salesforce representative of the groups that we serve for our customers and our general communities um, and that's actually how I came across I'm Remarkable I was looking at how do we really make sure that the voices that we're hearing and recruiting, the kind of candidates we're bringing on board are remarkable and are the ones that other voices are going to add value to our organization. So it's funny that it kind of came to me through work, but ended up being a massive passion project. And I'm so grateful that I get to work with you both on this basically every day. It's so much fun. Literally. Yeah. And I think that is, um, you know, that's a very kind of good segue as well into like the introduction of it, right? So for those that don't know what I'm Remarkable is, there is a lovely two minute video on YouTube, which I could add on the description. And I think that was actually something that sold me straight away when Femme first reached out to me. I was like, what is this? And I think I got the chills just watching that video. So if anyone wants to find out more, then feel free to go watch the video or go on the website. Um, but I guess going back to our own journey, right? Let's kind of take a step back as well and, and look at how it all began. So if I was to kind of just open it up to both of you, um, anyone could go first, but in terms of, you know, where it began and, and, you know, how did, how did it all come about? And also what was the reason for you both? And I guess also including myself to actually foster it from having that initial idea to 
everything we've achieved so far and maybe we can just touch on what we've achieved as well but yeah just opening it up why did you get involved in this initiative should i go first okay yeah. Um, so why did I get involved in this initiative? Um, at Salesforce, we have something called employee resource groups, right, which is all around uh, raising visibility and um, raising the voices of underrepresented groups. And I joined South Asia Force, and it's not a community I'd ever been part of before. Um, and I started getting quite active in a lot of our ERGs, so like Women's Network and a few others. And that really was the starting point for doing something outside of my day job that had a bit more meaning. Um, but with regards to I'm Remarkable, there was a bit of serendipity because it was in like mid-2019 when my boss told me about I Am Remarkable because his partner had done it and I was trained to be a facilitator. Mm -hmm. And then the very next day in our internal social network, it was referenced again as being ran within Salesforce in one of our other offices. And suddenly I had a connection to be able to get in contact with that person and say, hey, how did <laughs> we do it? Could we do it in London? And that was really my starting point. But everything I had heard, um, I had chills like you Lamika I thought this could be something that has a lot of impact just because of the amount of work that has been ha has gone into to develop this as a program but also to develop this as a kind of community outside of Google um, to really help people self-promote um, as a way of driving diversity and equality up the leadership ranks. And mm. I think that has been something very important to me in my career journey. We've talked about it a lot. Um, and that's how it came about, really. Yeah, definitely. I love how um, it, it sounds like it was meant to be, right? Because it was like no one he had heard about it our whole lives and then it just happened that when you when your boss mentioned it um the next day I think it's it was kind of top of mind for you and then you came across it and it was it kind of just built up from there so I, th I feel like it was always kind of meant to happen wasn't it and similar to what you said like it, it's just something that's so meaningful that goes beyond our day job and um I know that Erica mentioned it earlier from uh, the recruitment perspective and I think you know that's your own Kind of motivation for getting involved and i think for for femme and i um we have spoken about it because yeah we're both asian women that work in tech right and representation being seen being heard is such a big thing at the moment and you know we all speak about it every company has equality blasted on their site but how do you actually walk the walk and i think that was the main reason right why and how we started getting involved with this right Suzette, it's hilarious that you're talking about like it springing up because I went to actively find and I found Femme. And I remember the day I was like searching, we have this internal, I guess, like Facebook called Chatter. And I was searching for this Iron Markle hashtag because one of the candidates I really wanted to hire was talking about this initiative. I was like, what is this? Do we have the Salesforce? And I came across Femme's profile and I didn't know you were called Femme. I called you Femina. And I reached out to my <laughs> second line manager to be like, hey, can you facilitate an intro to this lady? She looks awesome. This initiative looks great. I want to see how we can use it in recruiting. And then I remember we met Femme and I met for coffee. And you were this like incredible down to earth person. You're just like, yes, let me tell you all about this journey. I have a PowerPoint for you. I have a vision. <laughs> I have a journey. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be involved. It was amazing. Uh, I know and I, I actually remember our first meeting Erica because like literally after I met you the first thing I did was like Lamika you need to have a coffee with this lady 
make sure you have that coffee. And then I remember when you guys met, I got an email or a chat or a post for um, a message from you, Lamika. He's like, I met Erica. She's awesome. We've got to be a gang and do this. It's so funny, isn't it? Looking back our first kind of conversation, because I remember my first chat with Erica and when Firm told me, like, you need to talk to Erica. And I think now that you've both said it, I feel like we're all very similar. We're all full of energy. Like, we're literally... <laughs> it could be like a half an hour chat and we're just literally like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this also goes back to because it's it's all around a topic that we're all so passionate about, right? I mean, if you had to talk about, I don't know, like politics or finance, maybe that would be a different story. But, <laughs> but because... I want to know where to start with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's when our, all our energy would go down the drain. But I think it's, I feel like we're all energetic people as it is. And then throw like maybe a topic that we're all passionate about. And then it's just like energy, <laughs> just energy explosion kind of thing, right? So no, I love that. And I think, you know, thank you Fern, for sharing how it started and we can delve a bit more into your learnings and takeaways um moving forward but um bringing it back to erica now and also you know you've kind of touched on it earlier in terms of your key motivation for getting involved but you know why did you get involved in and what was your kind of key passion for for being involved in the program yeah as i mentioned for me it came about from recruiting but immediately it took off i think for the both same as both of you i saw that two minute video and it's so powerful and i was instantly like i need to do this workshop i need to know more i need to understand because the feeling of emotion and awkwardness when talking about something that i had done whether it be big or small it just hit me like a ton of bricks i was like holy cow someone is giving a voice to the feeling i experience all the time and i didn't know what it was called i didn't know it was a thing i didn't know it was a phenomenon and then suddenly this video was like giving me that voice that I didn't have to be able to say, this is what I'm experiencing. And I would love to know how to not experience that or how to get past it. So there was that one side already personal level. And then from professional level, we talk a lot about how do we make Salesforce a representative company and make sure that the people here really reflect the companies and the communities that we serve. And I feel like oftentimes when people talk about DEI initiatives, they're like, oh, recruitment will fix it. We'll just hire more people. It'll be fine which you kind of can do, but then you end up with this leaky bucket and you're not actually empowering the individuals that join the organization. Or equally, folks go through an interview process, but they're totally different to the people that are hiring them, which is fantastic. We need diversity of thought, we need diversity of representation, but it means that the interviewers don't always recognize that the talents and the expertise of people that are interviewing show up in a different way to how they present them. So for me, it was kind of twofold. It was a personal like, holy smokes, I experienced the feelings that are in this video. I want to go through the process and see how I come on the other side. But then professionally, how do we enable candidates to do phenomenally, to get them hired, to get them happy and successful at Salesforce? And how do we empower our hiring teams to champion diverse talent so that we're not kind of falling down that leaky bucket syndrome again? Yeah, I think that I feel like going back to what you said around this like personal level as well and um, when you said when you watched that video and you felt like oh my god like I've always had these feelings but yeah we just don't talk about it enough right like we don't normalize this idea around I guess like belonging um I was actually listening to a podcast today um Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sundays and they were talking about how every human being um wants to belong right whether it's belonging in your family 
belonging is part of community and because work is such a big part of our lives it's belonging in the workplace and I think going back to um, the whole initiative which is all around representation whether it's from a gender point of view race or um, sexuality it's all about getting those unheard voices heard and, and kind of elevating that and also normalizing that you can be a leader even if you don't if you're not from a certain gender or a, or a certain kind of um, background, right? And I think I really love that personal aspect because that's one of my key drivers and, and also one of the main reasons I got involved. But also this second layer around when you first told me about the leaky bucket, that really kind of stuck to me because you're right, right? When, um, when we think about diversity and inclusion, you think that recruiting the right people will tick that box. But if it's not genuine and if it's not sustainable, you will get talent go through that leaky bucket. So I think um, the main message here is you can bring the right people in and bring the diverse people in, but if they're not fostered, if they're not um, elevated and empowered within the organization, people are going to start leaving, right? And then that main issue never gets fixed. So I love that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking back, to, I love what you said, Erica, because there was this it was what we were saying, gave voice to this phenomenon that you didn't know you had. And for me, it was that tangibility of something specific we could address um, and have an impact in. And having something which is around how do you empower, but also help develop talent from underrepresented groups in big organisations, it felt like something really pinpoint and sharp that we could actually affect and could help retain really good people you're bringing on board so Lamika I remember you and I in our meeting rooms workshopping around what is it the thing that we want to do what's the thing that we want to affect and it was really around how do you develop great talent to be at more senior levels in the organization and what is one of those key reasons that that's not happening it's the fact that research is showing that women and underrepresented groups do not self-promote as much because of a whole bunch of different reasons and and addressing that felt like okay that's something we could do have an impact on and actually show some measurable dis difference on rather than trying to tackle this big problem of the diversity gap which are you know i know we've talked about and you don't like me using that phrase but <laughs> Erica, you came up with it but it's true it exists such mm -hmm. a big problem but this allows us to focus on something that really does help individuals mm. that is very true right because i remember when we were in that meeting we were trying to fit it with our company values and also how it we knew that it made sense but we weren't sure how to visualize it and mm. i guess this is just another tip for anyone listening who's thinking of doing something similar is yes you have this initiative and you see it working but I think one thing that really worked for us was how can we tie this initiative back into our company values and I think we even wrote you know our company has goals to get to a certain revenue model and um, how do we get there and then breaking it down into how you know a tactical thing like this workshop can elevate um, unheard voices get uh, underrepresented groups and leadership team getting a diverse leadership team that will eventually uh, bring company growth and success so I think that was a really lovely visualization that we have used multiple times to get buying uh, within the organization right yeah yeah and, exactly. and also being really clear it was around um, again Erica this was something that you brought we, we, we talked about um, recruitment development and retention and we were very clear that Iron Remarkable was around development 
mm-hmm. which will then enable us to retain staff but also have stories to help us recruit talent mm-hmm. as well but our focus was on development wasn't it absolutely i think it really hit home for me kind of breaking down those three pillars that we speak a lot about representation and how we need to make sure it's not performative and like, oh great, there's a picture where it looks diverse, but then you get under the skin and like, actually it's all just white middle-class men, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, white middle-class men are great, but I would like more spice in my life. I would like more of a mix. More flavouring. Really. Uh, but we look at our leadership team and the company we work for is super open about this, that we have an equality website that literally gives the percentages of men, women, or people who don't identify or on the different racial groups that we support. And we saw this massive drop off at leadership level of like, hey, where did all of that diversity go? Or some of our team is focused on sales. And we're like, why are women leaving after 24 months? What is this? What is causing this to happen? And personally, for me, I didn't come from a background where my parents were CEOs and high flyers. So I didn't have anything to aspire towards. And I come from a pretty traditional background. So now that we're developing, retaining and promoting these incredible folks we're hiring, we also have that representation internally to help then, I guess, motivate and inspire the next generation we're bringing in. And that's really, I guess, Lamika, where we kind of um, came to be that two minds as one coming through the Future Force program being a success grad. And now we're going to be able to give that back to our additional Future Force graduates as well. Mm, definitely. I think that's such a good call out, which is, I feel like it's all around for me as well it's building hope and and letting younger generation know that it is possible and I guess going back to my personal life similar to yourself my parents don't work in the corporate world they don't understand the corporate world and this idea around leadership and elevation and it's a a completely new world for me as well and then the more I have exposed myself to these topics and the problems that they are and I think going back to what you said it's like you know what causes people to leave or like when do people start losing that spark right um because I feel like especially in the grad program as well there was everyone you know gender race sexuality everyone that came along and and over time that spark gets lost and I think Unremarkable is in a way there to reignite that spark and and kind of give that hope again that's how I kind of look at it as well which it all kind of goes down to this idea around building hope and faith that even if you don't look like someone um, that ne- that looks like a leader, you can do it. And the only way you can give hope is by having people there in the first place, right? Totally. Yeah. 100%. Definitely. Going into um, being aware of the workshop is one thing. And then the next thing is actually going through the workshop. And we've all had the privilege of uh, being in a lot of workshops and also hosting a lot of workshops. But I wanted to once again get the personal kind of experience of how was it like when you first went through the workshop and actually um seeing it being brought to life for those of you who can't see us i'm cringing so hard <laughs> at remembering my interesting experience. um i did a workshop in the most bizarre way uh, i ended up being part of a train the trainer workshop which in case either of you didn't know this i didn't know that's what it was I just thought it was a workshop and then I ended up becoming a, tr- a facilitator which was awesome um but we were snuck into google like right before lockdown one happened in 2020 and we had this fantastic <laughs> facilitator called sam and it was, for me it was like again that breath of fresh air ton of bricks moment where I was like oh my gosh this is everything I didn't know I was feeling plus everything I did know but didn't know how to talk about 
And then we got round, and I don't want to give away the workshop, but we got round to kind of like a discussion and sharing piece. And I think I was the last in the room of like 14 or 15 people to speak. And the stories that I'd heard have been so incredible. I wasn't even emotional about what I was talking about, but I ended up crying <laughs> over how incredible everyone else was or how <laughs> remarkable everybody else was. Um, but it was such a fulfilling experience. And to your point, Meeks, I left feeling like that spark had been lit again. I really was like, oh my gosh, I feel so energized. I'm so glad I did this. And now I get to give it back to other incredible people. It was honestly one of the best experiences of my life. You don't need to cringe for, for crying because, you know, we've been in multiple workshops oh where God, yeah. tears are involved um, and it does really, really move you. But I think one thing as well, when those tears start falling, I feel like we, we're all in this little bubble where we just end up forgetting about everything for a while, don't we? It's like we end up forgetting about our worries, our roles and who we are from an external point of view. I feel like when we come together in that little bubble, it's just compassion and humanity as a whole which I love when we do get into that mode um, and yeah it, it, it can get quite emotional I, I've also shed a few tears in multiple workshops <laughs> I, I mean every time I join as a participant I really have to stop myself from crying and oh, I've done it multiple times like you would think by the third or fourth time I, I know what's coming I should be okay with it but every time my voice breaks mm. every time Mm -hmm. exactly it's completely normal um but also yeah Fem, how was it for you because I know that our first one we had it together didn't we mm, we did so we when we kicked this off we did two pilots right and the way that the pilots worked was uh Mix and I joined as participants and we got um a Google facilitator to come in and, and run the workshop and the first one was it was good it was a good introduction um and um I think we came out of it learning a lot. Um, but it was in that, do you remember it was in an office, like a, a meeting room with a corporate table yeah. and it was very office-like. And so with the second pilot, what we did was think a bit more about the actual overarching experience. So we thought a bit more about um, how the um, participants come in, what kind of room, how that setup was, how did we want uh, the facilitator to kind of um, like bring everyone in and then that one was a completely different experience that was done at a very emotional level and I think at that point we were like wow okay so um, this this can be a very powerful workshop on two levels one which is an intellectual level around specific things you can do to help yourself but actually it can have a very emotional impact on you for the reasons that you guys have just given you know it it sparks hope for a number of different reasons so um yeah i've gone on to uh, participate in workshops since then and like i say every time like it can be quite emotional when you start doing an exercise and you start sharing and, and discussing so mm, definitely i think you're right because i feel like the stuff we talk about in the workshop it's not common like we don't talk about these things often do we I mean when was the last time you sat down with your best friend and thought you know what well, it's like we assume that these things are obvious and we assume that yes. other person knows how remarkable they are but unless you have these conversations you don't know it's all locked away right but I think that's exactly what this workshop does is it normalizes um celebrating ourselves um which we don't do enough of um in general right as society as a whole I mean when it comes to criticizing ourselves or bringing us down everyone's first in line but when it 
comes to celebrating who we are, practicing self-love, appreciating how far we've come, everyone seems to shy away from it for some reason, right? But I think that's exactly what this workshop once again challenges is to normalize celebrating who we are as individuals. And this goes beyond work because I know that it comes from a very, um, it, it comes from Google and obviously that's a, a company and it, it's a work focused um, thing. But at the same time, it goes beyond that. It, it, it goes, it really makes you question who you are, but also appreciate who you are as an individual, right? Uh, beyond just your work uh, achievements. I think that's so true. I'd always blamed like being embarrassed to talk about my accomplishments on being British. And I was like, oh, well, the British just don't talk about themselves. Like American people find it so easy. And I fully stereotyped it and didn't acknowledge any of the other factors. So it's definitely eye opening in lots of different ways. But I think ultimately the uplifting element is what keeps me coming back. And I think that's why when folks leave workshops, they rave about it. This isn't something you do and then forget about it. It's something that really stays with you. Yeah, and I think I think one of the reasons is because it is, you know, two or three steps removed from talking about work. And we talk about bringing your best selves to work, but it's still quite rare that we talk about what ourselves are and what are some of the barriers about bringing ourselves to work and, 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 and barriers to ourselves, right? These limiting beliefs and addressing some of those things are concepts where you're not going to talk about work, you're talking about you. Uh, talking about your beliefs you're, you're trying to change beliefs and mm. that's very personal it's very very personal and powerful as well because um sometimes we don't want to hear the truth we don't want to know about what limits us right and i think naturally human beings um avoid these talks it, we avoid looking at what we need to work on but going back to what both of you said again it's also bringing these topics to light and and facing it head on um, and, and not shying away from these things, right? Like to your point, Erica, you know, I'm too British to self-promote. Um, we come up with excuses when we know that it's going to put us outside of our comfort zone. Um, but there are some hard truths, isn't there, in the workshop? I know without giving it away, some things really makes you question who we are and what we stand for or stood for all our lives. Um, and it's this idea around giving you a new perspective of how to um, look at yourself, but also how to carry yourself moving forward, right? Totally, yeah. Thank you, ladies, for sharing your experience and also just providing a bit more context on that as well. And I think um, that this was all nearly two years ago now, which is crazy. It feels like yesterday when we first did our first workshop uh, pilot firm. But I think um, now I kind of wanted to look at um, our journey so far and also the best things that worked out, but also maybe things that didn't work out, right? Just to kind of um, highlight some best practices and some key things that worked. Um, from both of you's point of view, if you were to go back to where we started, where we are now, I mean, firstly, maybe we can just stop and celebrate our successes as well. Um, and also how far we have come, right? And I think, you know, when we first started, it wasn't like anything to do it for anyone else. I think we all had genuine passion on the topic and, and to kind of um, make as many people known as possible. Um, and we have done that. We have ran loads of training the trainer sessions. We've got loads of facilitators. We've also ran multiple workshops. So there, there has been huge, huge wins um, from when we have started to where we are now. Um, but I guess looking at the journey as well, just in terms of key learnings, what do you, both of you um, who wants to go first, what do you think really worked? And also what are some things that you could do um, different 
um, moving forward. I think the one that stands out to me the most, and I think maybe it comes back to the fact that I'm getting to work with both of you and it's kind of like your style and what you, like the passion that you bring, but honestly, just do it. Like I remember so clearly Femme saying like, I just want to do it. Let's just get it done. We'll give it a shot. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But at least we tried. And jumping in at that grassroots level and taking it as like a passion project and something small and taking it that one step at a time to then grow it into something beautiful. I think that's really important. Like I I'm glad we took it one step at a time rather than going in trying to make this humongous program change or launch something like absolutely enormous from day one actually just doing a little bit here and a little bit there and then building that momentum, it really snowballed. So I cannot recommend enough just just doing it and then just doing it one step at a time. Oh, I love that. I think the, the, the key thing there is authentic growth, right? It wasn't Absolutely. like we came together and we said, we have to get this many workshops done by end of quarter because that's how businesses tend to run. It was more like, you know, we'll just go with it. And I think patience is another thing as well. It wasn't like we were like, we need to have success by this point and then this is it because it was kind of just brewing in the background we we're doing our part we had our weekly catch-ups I think the key thing to your point Erica is this authentic growth um mm. and just doing putting one step one foot in front of the other uh, and moving towards getting as many people um, aware of the program but also for also for them to go through the program as well right yeah and I would also add just one other learning I think it probably hit us like right after um, we went into like full lockdown last year that we were all running, trying to do everything all of the time. But we got some really sage advice from a fantastic lady called um, Sarah. And she said, why don't you use the experts? Why don't you lean on the resources and leverage the fantastic networks that you have? We were trying to get a um, sign up platform up and running. We were like, do we work with this team? Do we work with that team? Maybe we could just build it ourselves. And we were just like, <laughs> honestly, thinking of anything and everything and then Sarah's like hey we work with a team of people who build platforms for a living why don't we ask them for help and I think asking for help and leveraging your strengths but also the strengths of others gets you such a long way mm, that's such a good call out I, I second that I think one of my biggest learnings is don't try and do anything by yourself I think um, I honestly think the the impact we have had is is, is a product of us working together and working with others if i tried to do this by myself if you tried to do it by yourself you you wouldn't get the ideas or the solutions or the quick fixes or whatever as we did together and so i'm so thankful that we were working together to run this program um because i think if we just signed if if we had individually signed up as a facilitator might do a couple of workshops here and there and then that's about it but here we are multiplying our impact by working together to making things better for our um, community of facilitators um so yeah the the thing of working together and working with different people and working to different people's strengths is, is definitely a big one for me and i definitely say personally i'm so grateful for you ladies particularly in the last 12 months it's been like almost a, an emotional relief each time we get to chat it's like therapy but with your best friends it's so great to work as part of that team uh honestly I, ca I can only second that as well I mean without getting too soppy like I feel <laughs> like we can go off on a complete different tangent here but I completely agree with you as well Erica like just having because it's nothing to do with work I mean it is work still but it's like because it, it just goes beyond just our roles our, our job it goes 
once again down to our passion level right where which we truly believe in so i think it's just it doesn't feel like work it's just fun <laughs> I, I, that's all i have to say as well and i think like especially like from i told you this uh firm as well even the things that um we speak about just about life and i know it's kind of related to armor but just like life and doing the stuff i've done in armor remarkable um i wouldn't be i wouldn't have taken those learnings into other parts of my life and especially this podcast as well which we are recording at the moment i feel like that is also a true manifestation of um the work because of i'm remarkable driving signups i've used that in my own personal project so if it wasn't for i'm remarkable like it wouldn't have accelerated a lot of my other things as well so i have nothing but you know gratitude towards the program but also for us um sticking together you know through 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 the hard times and <laughs> whatever we, we went through right totally <laughs> I, and it's funny, isn't it? Because like, if I do think about our weekly catch-ups, it's really about us as a team catching up and then the programme second. And actually, I think the programme benefited from it. Because <laughs> mm. we've just talked, I mean, like, we would have a half an hour catch-up. It would sometimes be half an hour. Sometimes it would have an agenda. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it would go on for like an hour and a half. And actually, all of it was fine. And we <laughs> didn't feel obligated to stick to something, some rigid structure. It didn't need to have that. And so, you know, I feel really thankful to have worked with you guys on this and for our weekly catch up just as much, you know. Um, and I guess my other learning on top of that is not to take away from it, but having some sort of structure helped. So our weekly cadence helped. It, whether we talked about I Remarkable or not wasn't there, but we knew we were gonna catch up and a lot of the time we were gonna talk about the program. Um, I think having the structure of our V2MUM framework, so our framework of uh, talking about what our vision is and what our objectives are, what are some of the things that can be slowing us down, um, that with the, um, like thinking about who does what, that very loose structure, I think helped. Because um, then it just meant that we kind of had a feeling of what we wanted to do and what we wanted to achieve. Um, but it also gave us the space to use the time how we thought was best. Exactly, yeah. I feel like that is that is probably the biggest thing, right, in terms of having that structure. It's like even our weekly catch-up, sometimes even, even if it felt like just having a chat, we were still moving somewhere, right? Every catch-up, it's kind of the consistency piece as well because sometimes with side projects and side passions, things can take a back seat. But I think the the one thing that we all did was no matter you know Erica especially <laughs> during your peak time Femme you've got a little one I was starting a new role we all have other things to focus on but I think the main thing of getting it to where it is today internally is that because of our um, passion and also kind of respect towards I guess each other as well because we did without saying it we promised we made a promise to each other to bring this to life through the v2 moms and and everything that we have worked together so it's like when you find something that you're so passionate about you'll make time right <laughs> even if there's crazy crazy stuff happening uh, in, in our lives but it also meant that we could check in with each other on how things yeah. when things were busy because there were times where each of us had to duck out for a bit because of work because fundamentally this isn't our day job. Um, but actually having that cadence and just making sure we call up, we could just set, tell each other for a bit, I need to step back, but um, I will get back involved when I can. And actually knowing that was really helpful and still allowed us to 
progress and deliver some great things. Um, yeah, I, it, I think that worked really well on a number of fronts. <laughs> and I think the power of the vision and the values that we were working towards really allowed us to do that. So we're talking about having kind of a structure. And I, we met with Anna Viner, who founded the programme last summer. I don't know. Time has no meaning to me anymore. <laughs> she was talking about Salesforce being kind of like a North Star partner. And I think we really have that North Star of our vision, our values and why we're doing this and what we want to achieve. And I think that also ties into my other, I guess, learning that having the right voices and the right champions at the right time has added mm. so much value. I remember Fem was like, I've got this meeting with my with one of the managers of my org. He's great. He's going to love it. He's going to champion us. And I was like, oh, this guy sounds kind of senior. He sounds kind of scary. And then we went on a call with AJ and holy smokes, I was like, this is exactly the right kind of champion, the right kind of voice. We need to amplify this. Mm. Because it came with that vision and sense of value and what we wanted to achieve. The champions we wanted to work with are like, yeah, this is great. How do I get behind this? How do I help you? Yeah, and that's really kind of, what's the word? Added rocket fuel to the program, hasn't it? Is, is getting... Angela McKenna, our SVP of um, talent experience, um, involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the visibility that she's given us, um, the participation, the endorsement, but also just helping with things like the sign up process. Now we are going to have what's it's almost like a, a what's I can't think of the word, but like a credible sign up process to a workshop that is sitting alongside other formal workshops. This mm. is a grassroots program that has now got a legitimacy globally in Salesforce. And again, Erica, that, that was a key part from you, from the work you were doing with Cecilia in talent experience led to that first conversation we had with Angela, having that structure in place with the vision and the values and why we're doing it, having a really good conversation with her. That's what got her to buy into it and mm. got her to invest time in this. And what an insane fangirl moment. Like, that 12 <laughs> months after this program taking off, we have our SVP on a panel for Google? What? That, for me, was, like, I squeak about it because to this day I was like, how have we managed this? Like, we are just three ladies wiping out a passion project on the side, and suddenly this has got a legitimacy and a weight behind it that I don't know if I ever really envisaged. I hoped for it, but I don't know if I ever really yeah. saw it getting to that level. And to look back in less than 12 months and say, hey, three gals sat and had a chat to weed and have embedded into our global talent programs is pretty cool. Yeah, and mm. like how many more facilitators are we going to now get because of that? Mm. Yeah, we're going to have, uh, I, I don't even know the final total that we're going to have, but we're, we're almost going to double the double the global community of facilitators. Mm. It's going to have that weight and legitimacy. Um mm. Yeah, in, in such a short space, because even though the three of us have been working on it for two years, in reality, we only got trained on this in March of uh, 2020. So yeah. as a program, it's been running maximum 10 months. Mm. Um, Talk about achievement. While you're <laughs> yeah, so. We launched the program. <laughs> Oh, yeah. honestly I feel like when you vocalize it like that Erica it's like oh wow we really did that <laughs> we really did that <laughs> and I think the best part is um you know we had that vision in the beginning but then we you know reiterated it we refined it you know there were a lot of um, little tweaks that happened but every tweak got us closer to you know that 
I don't know what the destination I don't know what our destination is but I feel like something I truly believe, truly believe in it is the journey right sometimes when we get so focused on if we had set our intention on we need to get you know Angela McKenna on a panel then maybe we wouldn't have gotten there right but then because we literally embraced every part of the journey the process yes you know the the, the harder times and the slower times that's what led us to that destination even though that you know I wouldn't call it a destination it's a huge milestone um but we've embraced every part of our journey I think which is what has gotten us to where we are right and I think just to kind of summarize everything you ladies have said as well in terms of what has worked firstly Erica just do it I think that was the first one that stood out it's just get, getting up and doing it who cares you know what others think and I feel like the right people always come and support and I think that links to this idea around asking for help right whether it's asking for sponsorship asking for technical help the best part about ask for help is people are always willing to help right if they've got the time and the capacity and there are a lot of good people in the world so asking for help is the best thing and then what you said Fem, was the structure having some form of structure to work towards some form of milestones targets I think that really helped us bring that um, best case scenario uh, to life by keeping things moving all the time and then finally this idea around um visibility right and and sponsorships as well whether it is through um you know internal external and also leveraging our network as well right so i think those are the key in terms of what's really worked for us um uh to to kind of get us to where we are right and i think the reason i'm reiterating all of this is i think i mentioned to both of you um my two of my really good friends best friends they've recently launched the program as well within their own company and um they're they're in the very very early stages and i wanted to let them know of exactly the conversation we're having right now because my friend susie who works at sky she um i know that i'm remarkable gave her a voice in in her team and in her company she got loads of praise from leadership team because of I'm Remarkable and if it wasn't for what we did our experience and getting her involved you know we've impacted that one person's life and my other friend Perry she's brought it in uh, in front of her VP uh, who is a huge fan they're now incorporating it as part of a global team so without realizing you know the work that we have done and the experience we've done we've helped an individual but equally that individual has now um scaled the impact of the workshop right because with every workshop you're impacting every individual through the workshop as well so i feel like the tips that you guys shared the practical tips is going to be really really helpful for them because i got inspired for this uh, episode through those two ladies who are in the early stages but i know that they'll go on to do amazing things within their organizations as well so thank you for sharing all of that yeah, I like your so point cool. too, Meeks, because I think the agility piece is so key. Mm -hmm. And being able to say, like, hey, it didn't work. That's okay. We'll do something different. And just that resilience to keep going. We launched this a week before, or the program in the UK, a week <laughs> before we went to a global lockdown and a pandemic. And it was supposed to be in person. We shifted to being totally virtual. We then saw tragedies like the murder of George Floyd and how that impacted the communities we were trying to help and serve. We then went into various like accelerate periods or decelerate periods of work. People transitioned jobs, became at home school teachers. Just being able to be agile and flexible and adapt, I think really helped us get through one of the weirdest years I've ever experienced. 100%. And I think that's, uh, that's where the vision helps, right? Don't have an expectation, just have a vision and then just do your best to get to it mm. and, and enjoy the journey. Mm. 
I'm going to embroider that on a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Or a cup, maybe. <laughs> See it every single day. But you're right, Erica, that's so true because we ha- we did have to pivot and adapt. And it's funny because when we first went through the workshops, we had this conversation. We were like, we don't recommend virtual workshops. Like, it's mm-hmm. better in person. They like, said that a lot, didn't they? A lot. That was probably one of their main kind of requirements is like, try and do it in person. And yeah, with most things, these kind of opening up and these things are always better in person but the fact that we've pivoted you know we don't have an option but like the fact that we pivoted we've adapted and the workshops that we've run has had the same impact just shows that you know never to kind of close doors and also always to be agile right to your point is just making it work because whether it's virtual or in real life the message is still the same Mm -hmm. um and if someone can take away something or learn something from the workshop then that's kind of our job done right yeah, couldn't agree more. <laughs> cool, sounds good. So I think now that we've kind of like looked at our journey, things that's worked for us, and all the amazing um, tips that you we all shared, I guess. Um, my next question is, you know, what's next? What does I'm remarkable at Salesforce? Um, what what's next in terms of our chapter? Where are we headed? And what are our other milestones that we want to uh, take on in 2021? Yeah, so if I reflect back to our conversation last Friday, right, there's two bits to it. There's uh, where do we want to take the program? And then in reality, what do we want our role to be within that program? And for me, I'm kind of seeing that as two separate things for the moment, because I think we could propose what we think are the best next steps for the program to scale it further, to have more impact. Um, But then there's that whole personal side of things. What bits do we want to get involved in um how can we use this to help our own careers and our own growth um so i think for me um what we talked about on friday is really thinking about what is our new v2 mum as as a starters for 10 so that we could have a discussion about it i think within that v2 mum um and and thinking about what our objectives are being a bit more realistic about our objectives i I guess that's my other learning which was we were very ambitious and there was a lot of things we wanted to do um we we achieved far more impact than i ever imagined but we Mm. delivered less activities so how do we continue to have that impact be a bit bit more realistic with the activities that we want to undertake so i'm going to have a think about what those bits are very much in the context of we've got legitimacy uh, as being a workshop within talent experience and so how are we going to help that strategic objective of developing our talent into more leadership so that's there's that bit and Mm. then I think there's this thing where once you once we've talked about where we want to take the program actually what do we want to do what do we want to get out of it what do we want our role to be um and and figuring that out and I, I don't really have an answer for that right now no you don't but we'll figure it out right like we always do i feel like talking helps like when we had that conversation with our lovely um colleague who helped us with the program sarah as well just talking about it helps like even just talking about it now is going to give us clarity so whatever the answer is we'll figure it out (laughs) what about you ladies erica did you want to go next and then I was gonna say I think it's so interesting because it's one of the few things where I really don't have an answer because there are so mm-hmm. ma- there are so many possibilities there is so much potential for where this could go next. I think for me there are still kind of like a couple of burning areas. So one, I think we just need to enable anyone who has ever recruited or interviewed ever 
on this kind of content to be the best talent advocate they can be. Um, but I'm also excited to see how it can help folks as they start their career journeys too. We've spoken a lot about leadership, but also giving you that really strong foundation. Um, so later on this week, we're doing a massive workshop. Well, this week, I don't know when this is going to go out. In the next few days, <laughs> we're doing a massive workshop um, for some of our graduate program here at Salesforce, which I'm so excited about. I think if I'd had this workshop when I was starting my career, it would have given me so much more confidence and such a bigger voice. And so I'm excited to see both ends of the spectrum, both the leadership side and the kind of the promotion, retention, development side, but also the foundational building blocks. What can this mean for someone who hasn't got parents in the corporate world, who is coming from a non-traditional background, like they weren't like, hey, I want to be in tech from, the, from mm -hmm. age six, um, or equally into a different industry. What does it mean as you start to create your own professional identity and figure out the kind of person you want to be in the world? So mm -hmm. I don't know, personally, watch this space. Um, for the program, I think both ends of spectrum leadership and uh, fresh graduates too. Nice, yeah. I think I can only echo what both of you have said. Um, I feel like what's gotten us to this point is um, exactly what we talked about earlier. It's just doing it, right? We don't know what that next milestone or that next destination is, but let's just carry on with it. And I think the main thing is um, just having fun as well. I mean, like I know that we, we've got, you know, big goals and big targets, but I think the best thing... The main thing that kept us going for the last two years is um, because we truly believe in the power of the workshop and also the impact it can have on individuals. And I think that still is true today. I mean, we've been to the workshop, we've seen the impact um, and how can we scale it out, right? How can we multiply that um, effect with everyone? It's like one of those things is like when you watch a good movie, you want everyone else to watch it because it's so amazing. I think it's the same analogy because we know the power of it and how good it is. You, you just want as many people uh, to, to kind of go through that workshop, right? So I think from my point of view as well, it's just kind of having, taking a step back, having a bit of more clarity on what those, I guess, sh short-term milestones are, but also just, having fun um, along the way. So I think that's my view on what's next as well. That should be your mantra for 2021. Just have fun. Just have fun. <laughs> we deserve it. <laughs> We've been stripped away <laughs> from that in 2020. So it's like- No we more banana to... bread. <laughs> <laughs> or baking. <laughs> Just fun. Yeah. So I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. Um, just want to say, I don't know if you guys have any final tips for anyone listening um, who wants to do what we've done or kind of kind of carry on to their organizations? Um, any final tips or? Um, I don't know if it's a tip or a comment, but I, I'm kind of just like riffing on what you guys were talking about. Um, when other people do this and you see this impact, I think when I have felt um, joy, is when I see someone thanking one of our facilitators and I am not involved in that conversation. None, each, the three of us are not involved in it at all, but one of our facilitators that we have trained has had an impact enough to the point where that one of the participants is shouting about it. And when I see that and uh, that participant saying they're changing the way they do things, they feel better, they've just attended an amazing workshop. I mean, I've that is when I felt real joy and so I think, you know, um, if I don't know what the tip is there, but that's just my comment around um, mm. why I'm so glad I got involved in this. Mm. It's, the thing is that per participant wouldn't have been impacted if it wasn't for 
yeah, I think it's in a way it's just bringing people together, you know, like just shining a light <laughs> but as, as much as you can, right? It's, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's an impact that is being amplified through lots of different people. Mm. And in 2021, we're going to more than double our facilitators. So can you imagine how many more people are going to be impacted? Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I totally echo it. It makes my heart so happy when you hear the feedback or you see it or someone says, oh, hey, I did that workshop. It was incredible. I think that for me is kind of why I keep getting up and doing it. We talk about having the vision and the values, but I think when you get that feedback, it's really what motivates you and keeps you going. And mm. on the days where you're not feeling so motivated and you're like, oh, this is really hard or I thought I was going to achieve this and I didn't or oh, I don't really know where to go next. I would just say trust the process. Yeah. We definitely didn't know where we were going half the time. No, we still didn't. didn't really know where we're going. No. Trust the process and trust the incredible people you're partnering with. Because mm. I don't think I'm just leaving this with two colleagues. I'm leaving this with two incredible mentors and friends and people who I'm so grateful that I get to work with all the time on this project. So trust the process. Stick with it, guys. That is, back true. Yeah. That is so true, isn't it? And yeah, I think trusting the process is probably like the main thing having fun we spoke about and I think yeah I feel like kind of just to wrap everything up as well from everything we've achieved and your tips and everything it helps that we are all I feel like there's just so much like love and gratitude towards each other and yes. it's because we're all working towards the same kind of goals so I think my final comment is just a huge 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 thank you to both of you ladies for just being you and just making life fun and just sharing this experience together right and also recording this podcast as well maybe Sophia's going to hear this in 10 years time you know oh who God. knows and and you know this is always going to be recorded and it's just something for us to look back at as well when we do need a little pick me up and it's just to kind of sometimes take our own own advice right so just want to say a huge thank you to both of you for coming on being vulnerable sharing your stories and also being on the podcast and I'm, I'm sure that this um, conversation is going to help um many more out there as well so thank you i'm gonna cry at the end of another session this isn't even a workshop but it just shows doesn't it oh stop it we've got another meme to get to erica <laughs> <laughs> oh ladies thank you so much i can't yeah. wait for 2022 for 2021 the year the fiscal year 22 i'm so excited mm, we've got this yeah thank you for having us lamika of course look out for the episode it's gonna i'll let you know when it comes out but i'm sure you guys will both be in the in the know when it does so thank you thank you, Bye. Thank you guys once again for listening to another episode of the podcast hope you guys found it as enjoyable as i did recording it and if you want to share some feedback or show some support feel free to follow me on at self tough sundays with a double s on instagram and i look forward to catching you same time next week Thank you.